It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and to rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Today, we're excited to welcome two guests to discuss the integral role of technology and data analytics in food service and food retail, two industries that have seen an acceleration in technology adoption recently. Our guests are Michael Levine, President and CEO at Clearview, and Che Baird, Customer Relationship Manager at Panasonic Canada. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. So I think the best place for us to start is for um, each of you to give a little bit of background on your current role and focus these days. Um, Let's start with Michael. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about uh, your role at Clearview? Absolutely. One of my favorite topics, talking about me and my role at Clearview. So yeah, I've had the the good fortune of being with, um, with Clearview for the past two years, the anniversary being yesterday, which is very exciting. Um, I do have the privilege of working with a, a, a great team, um, hardworking, software development, marketing, all of, all of those things. And as president and CEO, I clearly oversee the back office side of, of our organization, which is the Clearview product. But then more recently, I've taken over uh, the uh, integrated services division software component around IQ Touch as well. And I'm leading that team. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very exciting. Nice. So, so we'll have to have a, a rain check on the cake celebrating your uh, your two year anniversary. Well done there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I need to eat less cake for sure. Oh no, cake is what makes the world go round. Anyway, yeah, so Che, um, talk to us a little bit about what you're focused on these days. Yeah, actually, it's a it's a recent transition. So, twenty years in the food industry, hospitality technology industry. Uh, back in, I believe it was October. I switched from being business development manager and it w- was really focused on bringing new customers on board to the Panasonic family and became customer relationship manager where we're now focused on our existing customer base, uh, building their retention, their loyalty. But we're also looking at with the rapid change of technologies, making sure that our two new technologies that we're developing is aligned with our customer's roadmap. So they are coming to us for new technologies coming forward. And with that relationship, we're actually integrating this new technology into the customers moving forward. I love the uh, the customer success model. I once you have a customer success or customer support person, uh, it kind of changes everything. <laughs> you, it's all about the relationship. Exactly, absolutely. exactly. Once you have that supporting one aspect of your life, you're just like, oh, I need that all over the board. So. Let's talk a little bit about um, customer dining and shopping patterns clearly shifted in the recent months. Uh, can you speak to how these shifts, um, can you speak to the shifts and explain how the food service and food retail industries are beginning to adapt or have adapted or need to adapt even in, if kind of more from a future state? Che, you want to take us take that one first? Yeah, sure. I could take this. Uh, just so you know, too, we recently partnered up with Harvard Business Review and conducted a survey on this, and especially around the pandemic. And we uh, found a lot of great findings on that, which we'll share throughout this conversation. But the uh, the customer behavior has definitely shifted. The pandemic has forced many changes in customer behavior and buying habits. I mean, their favorite restaurants typically closed, so they had to uh, to find other means. 
Um, today, they're now motivated by new set of priorities in terms of buying. I mean, first and foremost, personal safety. So there was concern on on safety, uh, so health and safety in terms of going out and purchasing products or being out in the market. Uh, so they, they changed. So they changed to things like self-service or online ordering with home delivery has become very popular. So they absolutely had to change. They still want their favorite food from their favorite restaurant, but with a dining room being closed or, or curbside might be an only option or perhaps uh, home delivery. So with that came digital transformation. Everyone is now ordering online. They have mobile apps. They have online ordering. They're having it delivered. So it's becoming very convenient for them. But with that convenience is now also greater demand mm-hmm. as well. So they still they still want their favorite food. But they have to have it delivered if it's not available in the restaurant, but they still want it hot. They still want their favorite and they want it customized. So it has really changed on the consumer side. It's changed dramatically um, and not by choice. Uh, they had to actually adapt and change. Right, right. On the on the restaurant side, I mean, they've had to be very resilient and, and agile and pivot to adapt to these customer changes. So now the customer is no longer allowed into the restaurant, into the dining area. They are now looking to do digital purchases either online or through a mobile app or have it delivered. So these restaurants had to adapt technology quickly, pivot, and adjust to the customer behaviors. So, Michael, I'm sure you've got some experience um, to share with us dealing with these challenges that the industry has been facing. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as we know, the pandemic the pandemic has changed absolutely every aspect of uh, not only our lives, but our and our work lives and how we conduct work. But then, of course, uh, from a customer standpoint and the the world in which we operate with restaurants, um, you know, one of the things in particular that that I think about is that uh, when you think about, and Jay touched upon it, the third-party delivery services, Skip, DoorDash, Uber, all those kinds of things, they were pretty much enablers and and quite secondary to the core business of, uh, of any restaurant. But course, during the last nine months, things have changed. Uh, this has turned completely upside down. Um, and and again, to Jay's point, and frankly, our survey uh, demonstrates that if a business that was not able to be um, agile or wasn't built for agility, uh, frankly, they're, they, they have not survived. And uh, that's, that's obviously quite unfortunate from an industry standpoint. Um, but for those who are able to uh, really take a hard look at at how to pivot, um, not only from a health and safety standpoint, and and people in and out, or whether they're allowed in in the restaurant or not, and so on, they you know they've looked at technology to help them improve operational efficiencies, uh, how to reduce costs, because it's now frankly more important than ever in an industry that already sees quite skinny margins. Uh, they have to squeeze every single ounce of revenue. And every single ounce of cost savings out of out of their day to day, right? Just mm-hmm. just really to survive. Um, so it's a, it's a complex situation right now in in the food service business. Um, so from our standpoint at at Clearview with with a back office product, um, the key is data and sourcing uh, data from multiple systems in order to help make these decisions. Right? It's very cumbersome. Um, right now, they're looking maybe at, at different systems to derive data from different disparate systems, and, and they're really unable to 
to look at the data from a big picture standpoint, because they're just getting all these sort of individual units of data from different places as opposed right. to looking at a big, big picture, right? And and being able to look at it from a strategic lens as, as an operator of, look, it could be a single unit or an operator could have be a master that has 100 units and they, they need to look at these things differently, which is why they need a more of a real-time comprehensive view into their data. So that's one of the things that we've seen is that there's this sort of rapid evolution, maybe you could even call it a revolution, uh, that's driving consumer behavior today, right? And um, uh, just to share a, a real quick story, as a, my wife and I are very fortunate to have uh, four college-age daughters. And um, I'm the cook, <laughs> right, I know, I know. It's a super expensive time of oh, my life. Oh, man. Uh, and not to mention, yeah, Christmas and college and everything else. But so I'm the cook, right? I'm the cook in the in the house. But on those nights where that's not happening, um, there are many times where my kids will, you'll see them scrolling. Like they oh, just yeah. jump onto their phone or their iPad <laughs> and they're scrolling. And and I did ask, I'm like, so what are you, what are you getting? What are you ordering? And um, they're like, well, I'm on Skip or I'm on Uber Eats or whatever. And I'm buying this like I'm buying a hamburger from here and, and I'm getting tacos from there and a milkshake from another place like so the app becomes the delivery app almost becomes that the interface focus, yeah. right absolutely and I think brands have to worry restaurant brands have to worry a little bit about is the affinity and the loyalty more with yeah. the delivery app yeah. today than it is with the brand itself because what I'm not hearing as often is one of the kids saying, oh, I want this. And therefore, everybody's just going to get that. Or I want, right. you know, it's like, right. well, you don't pick a restaurant, and, right? You pick a delivery. No. Yeah. You pick, you pick a thing. You're, you're building your own bundles right. and mixing and matching. It's it's crazy. I never would have guessed this would be our reality. And it's interesting because when you were talking about, you know, store, uh, restaurant or store apps and how everybody wants to interface digitally now through an app, I was thinking about how, well, for, as a marketer, from a marketer's perspective, oh, isn't this? interesting now the um the brand is getting some more information or data around the individual user and their preferences kind of always been that um that missing link for them but now as you say the interface now becomes the delivery service that's fascinating again now change it went very quickly from app interface to uh for the brand to delivery interface so that's that raises some really good questions about how to adapt and evolve that um, dynamic as well. But I, I you know, I, I just have to circle back a little bit to something you mentioned earlier about pulling together the data. So I am such a geek on data and I love it and um, digging through it to help find those um, insights and, and that spark that helps process improvement. So you spoke to um, restaurants trying to pull together some of the data from disparate systems. Can you illustrate maybe, and, and you know, the, the big leap there is getting from the data to information, right? So absolutely. can you just talk to maybe an example or um, how harnessing that data that restaurants already have and turning it information and to help them 
manage their business more efficiently. Can you give an example of something like that? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So, um, so the term I use is, is meaningful use, right, of the data because so I, I used to work in, in healthcare and uh, just like where we are today, I mean, at Clearview, we, we um, through our system, there are tens of millions of transactions that run through our system every single day, right? That's a heck of a lot of data. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, great. So you've got this literally mountains, uh, I mean, terabyte after terabyte of data, but what do you do with it? Right? Because to your point, if you can't synthesize and distill it um, and turn it into something where, like I say, is of meaningful use, then all it is is terabytes and terabytes <laughs> of meaningless right. data. Right? It really means nothing. So one of the things I noticed in visiting a restaurant recently, uh, an operation, for example, they had um, at every prep station, they had probably at least six some, some only had four or five, but the, the one with the most would have had six different tablets, which represented a window into each of those delivery services. And they're, you know, they're sort of like cables and wires everywhere. Like it was a, it was just a really messy situation for them to try and manage. But because they didn't have an integrated uh, platform or an integrated method of pulling all of these together into just a single common screen, just something as simple as that. Because they're just flying by the seat right. of their pants at this point, right? So how, how do you how do you pull that together? Well, again, we we certainly have solutions for that sort of thing. Um, you know, secondly, when we think about, um, I guess, just overall synthesization synthesization of data. <laughs> Say that um, again, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, really, synthesization of data. We we're able to aggregate the data from all all of the various sources, whether it's payroll, HR-related, food suppliers, other business systems, of course, the POS and all the sales data that's just flying through there all day. That's what allows Clearview to become the technological backbone of the operation. It all comes together. It pulls into that single platform. Now they can look at um, the data and say, just through dashboards as an example, Mm -hmm. are we meeting today's sales targets? Not only today, but is our 11 a.m. to 12 a.m. sales target on target, right. right? Are we are we down? Are we up? Like these are the kinds of things that they're able to look at to almost to the minute because it's it's real time data. So that's where it's important. And then that's just at the operator level. Then you move to uh, you know franchisors across various departments so that field service and, and and operations and promotions and marketing they can all look at the data they need to look at to better inform their decisions, right? So it's at the end of the day a useful decision making tool, right? Meaningful use. Love it. That's where data gets exciting. <laughs> exactly. So um, uh, transition to the, to my next question, um, quoting you that um, many folks are flying by the seat of their pants, which uh, I think a lot of us are doing this, these days with uh, adopting <laughs> to this reality. Right. But let's talk a little bit about how technological adoption has changed this year, right? So in in Time's gone by. You could spend 18 months evaluating your needs and this and that and determining which the best per partner is and blah, blah, blah. But um, wh- how have businesses, how have they been about picking and adopting to technology? Che, um, I'll go back to you. Give me, um, give us some examples about the mobile ordering or food lockers or other types of um, technology that have been impactful through this 
transitional year. Transition. Yeah, you're 100% right. So technology adoption, it had to be accelerated. So these restaurants, not just to, th- to thrive in the business, but to actually survive, as, as Michael mentioned. So some of them aren't surviving, but if the ones who are, are adapting technology. So again, with lockdown and, and everybody being stay home, stay safe, um, mobile ordering came online. You heard Michael talking about, you know, scrolling through an iPad and picking and choosing. So everybody is now ordering online for home delivery. Uh, so there's different applications out there. There's not a standard. So they have, uh, as Michael mentioned, restaurants are now bringing on delivery partners. That typically meant putting a tablet with a delivery order in the restaurant. As he mentioned, you could have five, six, seven different delivery um services in the restaurant with different tablets and then they have to have an employee enter that into the pos system so your kitchen displays you could be expedited mm-hmm. center with the technology like we use as michael mentioned we have remote order services where we can take all those delivery platforms aggregate them in inject that order right into the restaurant to eliminate tablets so it shows up right at the restaurant in order in sequence so they can be expedited and give that proper delivery with the fresh product so mobile is becoming more the standard now, if you will, but it still needs to communicate with the restaurant properly. So we're taking that data from the mobile app or online order and integrating it, injecting it into the restaurant, eliminating those those tablets and eliminating a manual entry or error correction. Wow, that's definitely streamlining the process. <laughs> it streamlines the process, but it also comes at a cost. So these delivery process, these delivery platforms are not cheap. So customer restaurants our customers had to adapt Um, it definitely affects their bottom line and their food costs Uh, so as they evolve even more restaurants are now looking out in-house delivery services so Mm -hmm. they're trying to catch up so they're looking at last mile delivery to eliminate some of those expenses uh, to have some standardization around delivery they're also adapting to bring that in as well yeah the landscape (laughs) i mean there's lots of other options of things that they're working on here in terms of technology any uh, another one you want to share so with the restaurant closed, they had to really focus either on curbside, pickup, or drive-through. So when your fine dining restaurant is now closed and the only thing that's really open is a QSR drive-through, the QSRs got hit hard with drive-through orders. Cars lining up down the road to come in and get the drive-through. So they had to pivot, they had to shift, they had to really focus on drive-through. Number one was expediting the orders because there's such a long lineup of people getting in there. But because the dining room was closed, they're losing sales or losing revenue in host dining. They're also trying to upsell within that drive-through. So it's kind of uh, uh, fighting each other where they want to process orders faster, but they also want to increase the ticket size to get through. So they're now looking at new technologies where we're doing line busting. So they're taking somebody with a tablet and going out in the drive-through beyond, beyond right. the order post and taking orders live with the customer. So they're stacking the orders in. We're looking at new technologies where there's license plate recognition, where as you pull in, uh, it takes a shot of your license plate. It again, going back to personalization, it then can pull in your last order, and it personalizes the the digital menu board when you arrive to to the to pull up your last order or what you normally pick and choose. And there's actually options to pay by your license plate as well. So now we're going to the contactless oh, payments so cool. with digital transformation. So you can now pull into a drive-through restaurant with your license plate, have it pull up your last orders previous orders customize you know if you are a vegetarian or you're vegan it could it could minimize the digital display that you see you can also pay um, with your license plate there are other technologies out there where self-serve kiosks out front so again contactless mm-hmm. payment where you can have facial recognition on a self-serve kiosk it recognizes who you are 
It ties payments so you can pay with your face. <laughs> it also has a loyalty tied to your, your face as well, too. Um, so there, there's new technologies that are coming through all the time. One of the things that we're launching out now into the field is something called a food locker or a smart locker. So again, in terms of the consumer behavior change in, in contactless, they can order on their mobile phone. They can pick to choose it up on the way through and it's stored into a food locker that is secure. And it's either heated or it's cooled and it's lockable. So you do a QR code and it pops your food and you are gone. So there's really no human intervention in terms of the consumer side. That is so cool. I, the simplicity of the license plate reader <laughs> pulling up your latest order. I'd go to back to that restaurant every time just so that I didn't have to make any decisions. <laughs> Oh, I love that one. So the well, my my wife my wife has assured me many a time I'll never be able to pay for anything with my face, Chase. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, looking forward to seeing the technology. And we all we all, <laughs> we all thank her for that. Yes, we oh really do. My <laughs> <laughs> how things. Well, it's a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. very good, good one. Um, so yeah, so the landscape really is changing here and shifting and. Um, Michael, just coming back to you for a minute about data, my favorite topic. Um, how is some of the data that Clearview is collecting helping predict some future challenges or either predict or address the challenges as they come up? Yeah, sure. It's, um, you know, it's funny. Predictive is uh, absolutely a key word that we hear around Panasonic and, and Clearview specifically all the time. Um, I mean, if you consider in a, in a restaurant that labor and food combined will roughly account to about 80 per, 80% of your costs, you have to control that. I mean, to the penny, you have to control that. It's uh, it's critical from a survival standpoint. Um, so if, if you're operating uh, based on, and I've seen this in restaurants, I've, I've gone into restaurants and, and uh, sort of studied how they're operating at, at noon hour. And you'll see a seasoned manager uh, sort of shuffling between the front, looking out the window, seeing what's going on, then going to the back, making sure production's up to, you know, they're they, because they've been doing it for 20 or 25 years and they know exactly what they're doing. They can tell, oh, I see uh, I see two large buses rolling in. Right. Uh, throw throw some extra fries down and some burgers like this is, you know, we're going to get busy. Um, and that's not really the particularly uh, effective in today's day and age for a variety of reasons. One, just the way operations are set up. Two, um, how many 20 or 30-year veteran managers do you have running around anymore? More likely a 19-year-old shift supervisor right. who's been on the job for hours. And they're trying to, they, I mean, they can't make these decisions, right? So um, having data to to help support your, your decisions and provide some... Uh, some predictors for you are, are very helpful. I know Che talked about some cool stuff uh, a moment ago, and and I just think about all of the available information that comes in, for example, on social media. We're finding that um, restaurants now are looking for us to not only provide that sales and transactional data to help them in, from a decision support standpoint, but what else is out there? So instead of having that manager looking out the window wondering what's going on, social media can inform the system and say, listen, within uh, within four miles of the restaurant today, we have a concert uh, that's, that people are lining up for a concert tonight. And there's a college game this afternoon. 
Uh, you'll see that traffic is currently up 11% over normal. Um, and because of the weather, uh, it's a little, <laughs> say it's a little bit rainy. Um, we're, we know that on rainy days when traffic's up 10% or higher, we're going to sell more chicken sandwiches. So guess what? Get those chicken sandwiches going. And we're going to sell another 300 bags of French fries on days that have these same analytics, right? And so so that's the kind of stuff that that we're all thinking about and pulling together from a from a predictive modeling standpoint. And again, that's that's information that's going to be that's already out there whether it's Google Maps and and other social media platforms that that uh, provide this information, not to mention sensors. I mean, sensors in parking lots. So, so take for an example, um, and this this kind of goes to the the massive shift in consumer behavior we're seeing, where consumers want less of a, an interaction. Frankly, they want a one or two click purchase experience. I call it where you know, I think about Amazon Prime again. The, the guy with right. four daughters, right? <laughs> So I'm very intimate. Jeff Bezos, I think, has my number. But so we think about Amazon Prime and you you look something up, buy it now. Because right. you're an Amazon Prime member, you one click, it's on its way in minutes, it seems. Uh, that's ultimately what consumers kind of want, right? They want to go on that app, click, I want this meal. They leave their house. The restaurant should now know that, oh, Johnny just left his house, whether they're tracking uh, his phone or the whole license plate tracking thing, and the sensor in the in the driveway says Johnny just pulled in. So let's make sure that that his stuff is coming off the grill in a bag. He pulls up, he's in our drive-through for seconds, and he has his food, and he's on his way home, and it's still nice and piping hot by the time he gets there. That's ultimately the experience that our uh, our consumers are wanting going to want to get to. Right, and that, those are the kinds of things that we're looking on and trying to pull multiple and disparate sources of data into a single uh, a single clear connect environment. Cool. I like that scenario for sure. So Che, if you um, could share some of your thoughts on how the data collection or analytics technologies are going to um, impact uh, the future uh, from a restaurant technology perspective, what would you add to what we've just discussed. So yeah, there's a lot of great yeah, a lot of great information that Michael just provided. But if you kind of flip it to the consumer side as well, we talked about you know the behavior change and they're now going online. Previously, before this, perhaps they didn't put a credit card number or a username or password online anywhere. They were went in and purchased and did cash or didn't buy credit card, and now they're being forced to an online that now allows this data to be captured by restaurants. But for more importantly, from the consumer side, they can now do personalization. So they're gathering more and more analytics and, and analysis on the customer, on their behavior, and they're now able to personalize that data. So now a consumer who was kind of reluctant to put their credit card number online is now getting personalized offers specific to them, and they are absolutely eating this stuff literally. So the data is now being presented to them where, as I mentioned, a license plate. You might six months ago, you might not necessarily want to pay with your license plate. But as you just mentioned, you can now pull up. It recognizes your plate. It pulls up your last previous orders. It greets you by name, by person, and it will actually personalize it. We can then say, "We haven't seen you, Susan, in three days, four days. Hey, here's a coupon. Come back and see us, or a free coffee for the next time you visit." And it can use these tools now to personalize the purchase because you're no longer as Michael mentioned, they don't want to interact with right. anybody. 
So you now you're having to interact digitally and you need to win that consumer in the shopping experience and you need that analytics and that data enabled to do that properly. Yeah. And and I think the the capturing of the data and using the data in a respectful way will gain customer loyalty instead of build that kind of creepy factor. And there's a fine line there and you have yes, you definitely have to win and you'll find it real quick if you've yeah, crossed that line. Yeah. And I think a lot of the um, things that we've discussed today here about harnessing the power of the data that already exists in the restaurant and tying together the back office to the front office to dashboard views so that managers can um, really manage the business from a data perspective. And um, and how collecting data has really changed, right? The window is now a computer window as opposed to the front window of the store. Um, fascinating insights. And I um, thank you very much, both of you, um, for joining us today. Thank you, Susan. This was fun. And Jay, always fun to, uh, to uh, meet with you as well. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the time and the opportunity. This is great. Yeah, now I got I got to get on my phone and, and get something to eat because all of this conversation is really <laughs> really <laughs> making right. me hungry. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna think about it a little differently now too um, about whether I go to the delivery service first or the restaurant app first. So, well, I think I think what you need to do is show up at a drive-through window and ask them if you can politely pay with your face and just see what kind of response you garner. I think that's the first step. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'll try that first. It'll work for you. <laughs> good, good luck with that. Oh, thank you so much, both of you. Fun fun time today. Thanks, everyone. Uh, thank you very much. Pleasure. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink. Tune in to new episodes every other Wednesday for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. 